This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of Ghosted, an American story, written and narrated by New York Times best-selling ghostwriter Nancy French, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. This episode is brought to you in part by Regent College, Vancouver, Canada. Experience God's call to a life more abundant with our one- to two-week summer courses. Sign up today at rgnt.net slash summer. This is CT Media. Christianity Today, you're listening to Music and Meaning with Charlie Peacock. Have you heard the dystopian prognostications from the media and big tech about AI, artificial intelligence? Apparently, there's nothing artificial about it. Even Elon Musk says it's alive. With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. By March of 2023, AI researchers and tech entrepreneurs, including Elon Musk, signed an open letter calling for a six-month halt to further enhancements to the AI language assistant, ChatGPT4. Why? Well, here's a few provocative lines from the letter. Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive, and we must ask ourselves, should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Lose control of civilization? Are we talking about the Matrix? Or the Terminator? I'll be back. By the summer of 2023, reports of AI's demise have begun circulating. Sentiments like, the tech has gotten worse, not better. And people are already losing interest. It's over. Not so fast, said the musician. I know things. AI isn't going anywhere but onward. What shape it takes, how it's used, and by whom, for what purposes, those are the big questions. One reason there's been a dip in the intelligence of the artificial intelligence is that it's been cannibalizing its own unintelligence. How's that? When AI travels the internet scraping and scooping up data, some of that data is shoddy, error-ridden text that AI previously generated. Some non-imaginative humans put that text online, or in an AI-written Kindle book, for example. And this phenomenon of repetitive folly is, to put it biblically, the digital equivalent of a dog returning to its vomit. I never finished my seminary degree, so you can take this with a grain of Lot's spouse's salt, but I seem to remember a biblical tale that has intriguing parallels to modern AI development, the story of Babel, when humanity, with unchecked ambition, imagined reaching beyond their job description. It's from Genesis 11, 1 through 9. For brevity, we'll have an AI actor paraphrase the NIV. The whole world had one language and a common speech, and the people said, Come, let us build ourselves a city 
with the tower that reaches to the heavens, let's make a name for ourselves. But God saw what they were building and said, if all these people speaking the same language have done this, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Have Musk and the Tech Titans really become unexpected voices of reason? Their open letter on AI was basically them saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't play God, you think? Sounds like ethical self-governance. Calling for a moratorium on the AI tower reaching to the heavens, just in case nothing AI plans to do will be impossible. Or is it misdirection on their part? Hey, look over here. Or nothing more to see. Fast forward to the present. Have they been buying time to tweak their Frankenstein? In November 2023, Musk released his own competitor to chat GPT-4 called Grok, with the warning, Grok is designed to answer questions with a bit of wit and has a rebellious streak. And here I thought Musk thought AI rebellion was something to avoid. A few days before Musk's announcement, the Beatles, a rock band from Liverpool, released their first number one hit in 54 years with the AI-assisted song, Now and Then. The song, written by John Lennon, features Lennon's voice magically extracted from a noisy cassette recording. He's singing while accompanying himself on the piano with the television on. Not the stuff of greatness. However, After Paul and Ringo kindly asked AI to separate John's voice from the cassette, well, the rest is history. A classic rendering of That Was Then, This Is Now, if I've ever heard one. Some of my friends and family members are not happy about AI in general, especially if it plans to take over the world. And who can blame them? But as a musician and an artist, I've been an early tech adopter for over 50 years. It's really hard for me not to be curious about this stuff. I had the first electric pianos, Macintosh computers, the first drum machine, the Lindrum, you heard on all those Prince records, Moog synthesizers, and the first digital samplers. The first time I heard a soprano sax sample, without questioning it, My friend Brent and I immediately put it on a record. It sounds just like a soprano sax. That's what I said. Nine months later, after the record was in the stores, it sounded like a synthesized sax with that tiny bit of real saxophone DNA. I'd been duped. Confession. A bunch of us are guilty of creating a large body of work 40-plus years ago, that is essentially unlistenable today because of over-reliance on technology. Unless you're having an 80s-themed dance party, complete with big hair and big snares. Snare drums, that is. Back in 1980, we were dumbstruck. We reached beyond our understanding. Didn't know what we didn't know. There was no wise sage to tell us. To a person with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. No one to help us understand the ideology of created things, the biases embedded in tools. 
to understand that more than anything, a hammer wants to nail something, and a digital sampler wants to sample everything. Check out this cool sample of me scratching my beard. We didn't know that to a person with a drum machine, every song looks like an opportunity for a stiff, quantized beat. Our ears had a lot to learn. We were good musicians, but the technology was playing us, and that's not the way it's meant to be. It took time for us to realize that a sampled saxophone couldn't compete with the mesmerizing imperfection of John Coltrane, and that a live drummer was, well, live, which has always been pretty great. It'll take some time to sort out the implication of AI, too. Hopefully less time, because some of us have been here before. Now, with decades of experience, music producers like me have learned to be discerning about what we do in analog and what we do in digital, what's acoustic and what's electric. And we do it by serving the artist and song. And that's true of every musical style and genre. I almost hate to tell you this secret, though, but a lot of music you might love and admire for being acoustic, authentic, and honest, three chords and the truth type stuff, likely got a helping digital or AI hand somewhere along the path to your earbuds. You didn't hear it, though, did you? That's the goal. Humanity first, technology in a supporting role. In creative work, too much focus on the tools rarely ends well. I've seen many artists get lost in gear acquisition. They know every module and serial number, every plug-in, but lose connection with the greatest tool the world has ever known, the imagination. What C.S. Lewis called the organ of meaning. It's this, the imagination, that really separates human creativity the sort of creativity that AI makes possible. Imagination is the power at work in us that allows us to dream of something within the mind, to see or hear it before it actually exists. AI can't do this. It mimics the imagination somewhat by aggregating and collating data, but that's only because we've filled it with the fruit of our imaginations our ideas, good and bad. Sure, AI is lightning fast, faster than me. But speed matters little to goodness or artfulness. Unless you're in a foot race, and I'm not. AI cannot tell you if something is truly good, inspiring, and made of the artful stardust embedded in the work of great, popular music, literature, and art through the ages. AI holds no convictions, values, cares, or beliefs. It has no risky improvisational judgment. It cannot have an aha moment, an inspired thought that changes everything. Ironically, we're having a discussion about the world-altering power of AI because the world-altering human imagination brought it into being. Though an artist, I work hard at rescuing the imagination from the misconception that it applies to the arts or artists alone. It doesn't. 
It's a major component of the image of God within humankind, and especially the new way to be human that Jesus inaugurated. Imagination is necessary to moral and ethical reflection and often inspires the actions that come out of such reflection. The same power of imagination that created AI will now have to reflect on its future, choose well for it, and govern it. Imagination can be the purring and perfectly tuned engine of a truly good creative life, a helpful meaning maker in the work and play of living congruent with the remarkable story we've been invited to participate in. What story? The gathering up of humanity for the good of humanity and for honoring the ultimate creative, Jesus, imaginative agency behind all of creation, the exact reason we no longer reach for heaven. In Christ, we are on earth as it is in heaven. subsequent podcast, I'll take you on a tour of how AI is being used in the creation of music. I promise it will be both fascinating and horribly cringy. Remember the good old days when autocorrect typing on our phone was our biggest AI problem? Until next time, practice reflection, stay curious, playful and positive. You've been listening to Music and Meaning with Charlie Peacock, a CT Media original podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.